Welcome to the Podcasters for Christ podcast, a teaching outreach brought to you by podcastersforchrist.com. If you're a Christian author, entrepreneur, or minister ready to share your message with the world, listen in as Christian online media expert, Pastor Bob Thibodeau, teaches you how to move your podcast from concept to launch quickly and effectively. Grab a cup of coffee and take notes. It's time to learn how to create a powerful podcast. Now to your host that's used online media to reach over 160 nations with the gospel of Christ, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello everyone everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. As many of you know from some of the conversations I've had on this program, my first love was the United States Army. From the time I was 15 years old, that's all I ever wanted to do. Love of country, the desire to serve and to protect, the brotherhood, the camaraderie you shared with others. It was just awesome. That's all my heart was set on. There, there were times, and I'm not saying this facetiously at all, this is what I said to my wife many times. I married the army before I married you. <laughs> and, you know, now that is not the case. But in some situations, why have why do you have to miss birthdays? Why do you have to miss the anniversary? Because I married the army before I married you. Now, there was the missions, the dangers, the highs, the lows, the struggles. Everyone with you was going through it together. Everyone was enduring the same thing. Everyone hated it, but still loved it at the same time. For those that served, you know what I'm talking about. For those that did not serve, it's hard for me or anyone else to to put it into words that help you comprehend it. I left that service in 1989 after 12 years. I left the cavalry. I was a cab officer and went into business and somehow ended, ended up in law enforcement. And the rest is now history, as you know. Amen. Those that have been listening to this program for any length of time, knows the story. For those that are new, just keep listening or go to the archives and you'll find out because we talk about it often. The reason I'm bringing this up, especially around the 4th of July holiday, is because each and every man and woman who signed up and served did so voluntarily. They volunteered to protect this nation and the freedoms we enjoy. Many of them who came in after I left service They've served their entire careers during a time of conflict. Many served in hazardous areas their entire time in service, witnessing things that no human being should witness. Participating in action that has left huge emotional scars that haunt them to this day. Our guest today is a veteran and part of a group that you just need to know about. It's the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Our guest today is the Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder, Jeremy Stalnaker. Now, Jeremy was a Marine Corps Infantry Officer with the 1st Battalion, 5th Marines, 1st Marine Division as a platoon commander in various positions. In January 2003, his unit was deployed to become part of Operation Iraqi Freedom. As the war began, his unit was the first to breach the berm separating Kuwait and Iraq, and they were able to secure the first military objective of the war. Praise God. Continuing, they road marched forward and ended up in Baghdad and were able to seize control of the presidential palace in northern Baghdad on the Tigris River. Throughout this mission, Jeremy and his unit provided navigation and security for the battalion, of which I'm very familiar. And one month after returning from war, he became the assistant pastor at his church and gained ministry experience that would equip him to do what he's doing now, serving the Lord and furthering his ministerial responsibilities. In 2008, 
Jeremy took on the role of senior pastor of the Bay Area Baptist Church in Fremont, California. After serving there for seven years, he accepted a full-time position with the Mighty Oaks Foundation, where he's able to use both his military background and his ministry experience to help many hurting veterans, service members, their families, as well as first responders and, and their families. The Mighty Oaks Foundation is committed to serving the brokenhearted by providing intensive peer-based discipleship through a series of programs, outpost meetings, and speaking events. Amen. Shout amen, somebody. Praise God. Help me welcome to the program, Jeremy Stalnecker. Jeremy, it is so good to finally have you on the program, brother. Well, it's great to be with you. Really, uh, really appreciate it and appreciate your service and thankful for all you've done. Amen. Now, the first question I always start with, other than that brief information that I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Jeremy Stalnecker? Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. What a big question. Um, well, I would, uh, <laughs> I'd say first a follower of Christ and I really desire, and we're not perfect in this, but my desire is to please the Lord and what I do. My life verse, if there is one is Acts chapter 20, 24, uh, where Paul said, none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry, which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel, the grace of God. And um, really, if I could sum up what my life is, I hope that that would be the summation. With the ups and the downs, the average is to serve the Lord and communicate the gospel to others. Amen. Amen. Now, as I was preparing for our interview, as we were briefly discussing before the recording started, I was reading about your career and the mission of protecting the the battalion during the Mm. major movement, et cetera. Brother, that was my job in the yeah, game right, as well. Right, so right. I can relate to everything you share about that on your website. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. And your unit was the one that breached the berm. The unit and the men that I had served with, we discussed, were part of the end run to the rear echelon area, right. cutting off the supply lines and avenues of retreat and all that for the first cab division. So you are the co-founder of the Mighty Oaks Foundation. What brought you to begin this type of organization? How did you get started? Yeah. So that's, you know, kind of my life story ends up here. And uh, I think that's for all of us. We look at our lives and think, how did we get here? Well, it was one step at a time, right? Amen. And uh, like you, when I was young, I pointed my life toward military service. Um, You said you were 15 when you started that kind of journey. I remember talking to my dad, I was 14 years old. And I remember that because my dad was a pastor and started a church, obviously very involved in ministry. He was a bivocational pastor. So he'd work all night. He was pastoring a church, uh, homeschooling me and my sisters. My mom was working full time. It was a crazy life. And I remember talking to my dad and, and, and asking him this question, dad, would it be okay if I didn't go into the ministry? And he said what pastors are supposed to say to their kids, you do whatever God wants you to do. And I said, well, I think God wants me to enlist in the Marine Corps. He said, there's no way God wants you to enlist in the Marine Corps. They can't be God speaking to you. Um, I was 14 years old. And uh, he said, look, you can do whatever you want to do. And I believe you need to pursue what God wants, but I want you to go to college. That was very important to my parents. So I went to college in the process of that, went through a commissioning program, became a uh, an officer in the Marine Corps and was really living out my dream. I went through the schools I needed to go to, became an infantry officer and eventually, as you mentioned, ended up in Kuwait with 1st Battalion, 5th Marines. And then we made our way to Baghdad. Crazy time in the war. It was, uh, you know, kinetic time, a kinetic environment, kinetic war environment, meaning large forward movement. And, and that's not how the war continued. It, things changed a lot. But for us, it was 1,200 Marines in a column moving from south to north. 
and uh, dealing with whatever enemy happened to be in front of us. That was my time in the Marine Corps. It was awesome. That's what I trained to do for two years uh, with that specific unit and then many more years with other units and in other places. All I had ever wanted to do was be a Marine. And uh, God, using a local church in Oceanside, California, where my family and I were attending. And, and honestly, I was attending church because I was newly married and we had a young child and I knew that was the right thing to do. <laughs> um, and I knew I was going to be gone a lot. So I wanted my wife to be in a good church. Amen. And, and that church really, you know, really changed the course of my life. God was working there. Um, amazing things were happening. People were being reached and I wanted to be a part of it. And God really used that to change my heart. And so coming back from Iraq, in June of 2003, I resigned my commission and started working at that church. Really struggled uh, for about a year. If you ask my wife, she'd say it was about 10 years. <laughs> it was a long, <laughs> long period of time for her. Um, but acutely, that that first year was was really rough. I went from leading Marines in combat to trying to convince volunteers to do what they had volunteered to do. I was extremely angry at church. I was very, very angry. Um, not physically abusive, but abusive in every other way at home. Um, I was just a complete mess. And uh, part of that was identity. A lot of it was identity. A lot of it was just a lack of direction. And in the course of that time, what I had that a lot of veterans don't have coming back from war is I had my faith. I had a wife that loved me and was committed to our marriage. I had a pastor that cared about me, a church family, and then a family, a biological family that cared. And so was able to work through that, not without doing some damage, but was able to work through that. And God used that in my life and, and changed my direction in terms of stop looking back over your shoulder, stop talking about what you did, stop uh, hanging on to this military life back there and start moving forward. And I, I did that. Um, part of that for me, though, was, was really not talking about the military anymore, not thinking about the military anymore, not staying connected to anyone I knew in the military. I had to really divorce myself from that life in order to keep moving forward, which was, you know, extremely challenging. And when you point your life toward one thing, uh, I was 26 at the time, which, you know, now doesn't seem that old, but at the time it was 26 years of pointing my life toward the same thing. And uh, I had to really focus on what God had set in front of me instead of what was behind me. And God began to do that work in my life, but it was about 10 years of serving at that church. And then I became the senior pastor of a, a small church in the Bay Area of um, California. And about 10 years had gone by from the time I came back from Iraq till that time, a Marine worked, reached out to me, a Marine that I had worked with reached out to me, said, hey, I, I met this guy. He started this program called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Um, I don't know what it's about. I don't really know what they do, but he's a Christian and you're a Christian. I thought you guys might need to meet. So I was like, all right, well, uh, quite an introduction. So I met uh, I met Chad Robichaux, our founder, um, he and his wife. So he, he was a Marine, eight combat deployments, uh, fell on his face pretty hard, was led into relationship with Christ, was mentored and discipled by a man in his church said, I need to share this with others. So they left what they were doing. They owned a business, started this foundation. We're trying to put the pieces together of that. And uh, we're getting veterans involved. We met while he was doing that. And he said, I, I need help putting this together. Would you be interested in, in helping me with this? So I was pastoring the church and uh, I said, sure. Yeah, it's going to be a couple of times a year. This will be fine. <laughs> um, so we started working on it, developing curriculum, figuring out a plan, how we we're going to do this. 
and uh, he was already moving. He's very aggressive in terms of reaching people and that. And uh, I was developing kind of the program side of it and we put it together and uh, man, it took a little bit, but then God really blew it up uh, Amen. to the point that we've had over 4,000 graduates come through our week long programs. Yeah. We've talked to tens of thousands of people, active duty troops, which is crazy because we're, we say we're faith-based, we're really Christ-focused. And people said early on, if you maintain the faith piece, you're not going to have access to the active duty military. And uh, man, the opposite is absolutely true. We've had more open doors because people are hurting so badly, they don't care what we do. Uh, they just want us to come and help. And so um, it's been amazing. And, and then probably four years ago, five years ago, a couple of folks, one or two, from the first responders community reached out to us, firefighter and a police officer, and said, what you guys do, it's focused on the military, very similar life. Would you be interested or willing to have us attend a program? And uh, we did. That turned into a separate program. And so now we're reaching uh, many, many folks in the first responders community. So God is blessed. It's been an amazing journey and uh, continuing to press forward. It's it's interesting, 20 plus million veterans in the United States, and then, you know, more than 2 million active duty folks. Um, and even though the wars are winding down or whatever, right, we could argue about all of that, um, the need for those who experience trauma, the need to have a relationship with Christ and to understand what that looks like is not going anywhere. And we've yeah. been, been blessed to be able to fill that gap. Yeah. Amen. Well, see, when I went in the military, I was not born again, even though I was raised yeah. in a Christian home and, and my grandparents were elders in the church. We had, every time the church was open, I had to be there. Yeah. 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 But so when people come up witness to me when I was in the military and cause they could tell I was not a Christian, but I was deceived and I said, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a member of the Lutheran church. I went through confirmation sure. classes, the whole thing. You know? Right. And, uh, you know, my wife, she got born again four years before I did. She prayed wow. for me every day. And wow. I was, you know, if you to open the dictionary, look up the word he, then it had my picture next to it. Right. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, so when I left the military, I was still not born again. Mm. And I had a very hard transition. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it was, I mean, the, when you said that the transition was hard, it was very hard for me because as I said in the beginning, that's all yep. I ever wanted to do. Yeah, I had no, you know, no other career ambitions. Yeah, I mean, there was no planning, nothing. And what happened? I got rifted. Uh, you know what that is? And yeah, uh, and I got rifted. I had exactly two weeks' notice that wow. my career was over, and uh, I was bitter, angry. I mean, oh, it was, it was, you know, it took all me. And they didn't have the resources back then in the late eighties that they have now for transitioning veterans. Yeah. I was like, you know, here's your discharge paper. Have a yeah. great life. Have a and good that life. That was it. That it, was it. it. It's yeah. crazy because <clears throat> I think people hear what you're saying and they hear what I'm saying and they don't connect those. Right. Yeah. Because what I talk about a lot is trauma. What we talk about is a lot is trauma, post-traumatic stress, post-traumatic stress disorder. These are things that we're talking about now that we weren't talking about right. e yeah. even 15 years ago. Yeah. But so much of what we deal with is what you were dealing with. People will say, well, it's combat, it's combat trauma, it's this, it's that. So much of it is a loss of identity. Yeah. Your identity is so tied to the military, to that position, to the uniform, to the rank, to the job. Then that's gone. 
and, and you're completely lost and that leads to bad behavior, which leads yep. to other consequences. Yeah. So yeah, you're exactly right. And that's why we need to get folks to focus on who God created them to be <laughs> instead of what they've amen. done. Right. Yeah. Amen. I mean, I was, you know, a friend of my wife's, we go over to their house and, and her husband was a chaplain assistant. And I'm like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. You know, mm. what, you know? So, I mean, the calling was there, yeah. you know, but yeah. I was so focused on, you know, kill them all, let God sort them out type thing. Right? <laughs> sure. And, uh, and that, that was how I went at life. And, yeah. you know, if I got angry, so angry at home, something, you know, I go off on a run, you know, right. Tell right. Me, I'm going out for a run, come back two hours later and run, yeah. you know, 15 miles or whatever. Right. You know what I mean, so, but that's how I contained anger at home. And I go to work. I mean, I didn't eat lunch or anything. I'd go to run. Yeah. You know, I was, I mean, constantly run. I mean, it was, but you know, that was also 80 pounds ago. Okay. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> that, things do change. Yes. <laughs> but you know, the, and that's why I went into law enforcement because you alluded to it. It's kind of the same thing. That's what yeah. I was looking for after 10 yeah. years. Yeah, running a business and, and the ups and downs of the business cycles and all that stuff, and just you know, right, and right. I said, I need that camaraderie. I need a mission. I need a brotherhood again, and that's yeah. why I became a cop. And yeah. all of a sudden, oh, you know, and and during that transition phase, uh, I did. I was on the verge of suicide, to mm. be honest, right? Mm. And uh, and January 29th. I, uh, January 25th in uh, 2009. That's not right. 1995. Yeah. Mm. I tell so many stories. January 25th <laughs> in 1990, 1992, in a little empty apartment in Columbus, Georgia, I was mm. selling insurance. And, you know, when 1991 happened, we know what happened there. And I was selling yep. mil- insurance to the military. And it's hard yeah. to sell people when they're 6,000 miles away. Yeah, sure. And I left my family in Louisiana. And just got a little empty apartment in Columbus, Georgia, because that's Fort Benning. I knew there was cadre there, so I could still sell insurance. And I was just trying to hang on. And yeah. uh, and that night, my wife called, said, you know, that the, the bank called. They were going to be foreclosing on the house. That's how far behind we were. The, the, she came home, and a sticker was on the door saying they're going to turn off the electric, you know, and all this stuff. I mean, and she said, I don't have any money for food for the kids. What are we going to do? And I just went in and started crying. And mm. I called out to God. I said, God, if you're real, you got to fix this. Mm. Because the only thing I have left to give my family is their life insurance policy. Because I kept it paid up. Yeah. I said, and matter of fact... That's what I'm going to do. Mm. But it was already, you know, 11 after 11 o'clock at night. So tomorrow morning, I'm going to call up, tell my kids I love them. And then that's it. Wow. And, uh, and as I prayed that my wife forced me to take my grandfather's Bible with me to Georgia. Right. And I didn't have a bed. I slept on the rug on the carpet, just had a blanket mm. out there. And I just had that peace. You know how they talk about the peace. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. Yeah. I laid down and the street light shine through the Venetian blinds that landed on my grandfather's Bible. Hmm. I said, well, if I'm going to meet God tomorrow, at least I can tell him, yeah, I read your book. Thing, right. <laughs> right. So, and in the front, it had a, a daily Bible reading that you could read the Bible through in a year. 
And so I said, well, let me see what it is. And that day, January 25th, I said, Psalms 34. So I flipped it open, started reading, got down to verse seven and said, the Lord has heard this poor man cry and shall mm. deliver him from all his troubles. Mm. And immediately I felt the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it just mm. come flooding over. I started laughing, crying, mm. everything simultaneously. And so I know wow. that was the night. You know, and wow. that's, that's why my test was 11.35 p.m. Eastern time and a little yeah, right. in Columbus, Georgia, right? Wow. Because I had sold zero insurance in a whole month. None. Not one policy. So I called up my wife because I know she'd been praying for four years and told her what had happened. She started crying. Just says, I'm coming home. <laughs> it's a month-to-month lease. Yeah. I'm coming home. The end of this month, I'm coming. We can be just as broke together as we can apart. <laughs> you know? Right. But in that five days between that night and when I moved out i sold enough insurance to pay all the bills in georgia mm. and start catching up the bills wow. in louisiana wow and, wow you know it's been god ever since wow but the but unbelievable i was still bitter to the army because it only yeah. been three years it took me a good 10 years where i could just share this story and in fact it was on a podcast i was interviewing another veteran uh that had you know he was his outreaches uh, you know for those veterans think about contemplating suicide and all that stuff as well yeah and uh, and that was the first time it was about four years ago that i shared that story my wife didn't even know what was wow. going to take place wow you know wow so your work with the mighty oaks foundation i mean it is so new like i said there was none of these resources right not right. one and uh, right so i mean so what is the purpose of the mighty oaks foundation yeah so you know, a lot of what you just described is is really the process that so many veterans go through. They separate out of the military. They lose their purpose, their direction. Again, start to make bad decisions. One bad decision leads to another. And then if you add to that trauma, whether it's related to combat, related to their military service as in the law enforcement community, perhaps related to their service in the community, um, a lot of the folks that we deal with, they're struggling with trauma that really goes back to childhood and they've just carried that through their lives with them. And now they're either transitioning or they've got these other things that are contributing. And what we do is we take men and women, separate programs, we bring them to a place. We have four facilities across the country. We bring them to a place where they can, for a week, um, really be focused on moving forward. We talk about trauma, what it is and what it is not. We spend a little bit of time talking about that. But more than anything, we talk about how there is a creator, there is God. And God, as the creator, has a plan and a purpose for our lives. And if we'll learn how to align our lives to the purpose God created for us to live, then the traumas, the trials, the obstacles, um, all of the other stuff, along with the loss of identity, all of that, it, it's we still struggle with that. We still deal with that. You don't get over things. You don't forget things, but those things no longer have you bound. You find a new identity in Christ, a new purpose and a new direction in Christ, and you're able to move forward in a meaningful way. And um, it's interesting because people think since we are a faith-based program, in people's minds, that means you're a Christian program. That means Christians attend your program. And we do have Christians that attend for sure, but many of the folks um, over the years, the majority of people who have attended were not Christians when they attended, when they came. They were just men and women 
who had tried everything else and had nowhere else to go. Uh, yeah. Many, many of the folks had either attempted suicide, had ideated suicide. He was talking about it, said they were going to commit suicide. Um, it's it's very common for us to have someone show up on Monday and say, look, if this thing doesn't work, then that's it. On Saturday, it's over. This is the last thing I'm going to try. Um, I've tried everything else. My relationships are broken. I have no purpose. Um, drugs and alcohol, <laughs> pornography, whatever. I'm bound to these things. If this doesn't work, and they don't even know what that means, but if this doesn't work, then it's over for me. And God gets a hold of people. We have a program run by veterans. Um, our instructors are all combat veterans on the law enforcement first responder side. They're all in that community. So they're standing up and teaching a class. And then we break up into small groups to talk about what was taught. They're teaching a class from a place of experience. It, it goes like this. I know where you are because I've been there. I've been to this program. I came through this program. This is what I learned. This is what God did in my life. Uh, I heard a class like this one. This is how it applies. And so the wall, that facade that those who served in the military and those in the first responder community put up, that, that you don't know what it's like to be me wall that everyone puts up, um, comes down immediately because everyone in the room is coming from the same place. And uh, we've seen God do just just an incredible work. Many, many, many thousands of folks give their lives to Christ. Um, it's amazing what happens when you simply contrast your life, <laughs> the life that you're living right now with the life God intended for you to live. Amen. And and that's that's our purpose. That's what we we work to create is that environment where you're able to do that. And uh, and folks respond. So it's been amazing. Um, and then on the what we call resiliency side, resiliency is a big word in the military right now, Department of Defense, no idea what it means, uh, but they talk about it a lot. They just don't understand it, but they talk about res uh, spiritual resiliency. That's one facet of resiliency that the Department of Defense talks about. And we have had the opportunity, uh, literally tens of thousands of folks we've been able to speak to on the active duty side on the topic of spiritual resiliency, which for us is telling our story, talking about what it is to have a relationship with God and how faith and that faith focus it changes your ability to be resilient, to bounce back when difficult things happen in your life. And uh, it's crazy because what we do is not difficult. Um, it's very, very simple. It's a lot of hard work, uh, <laughs> a lot of engagement with some very angry people and, and really working through some overwhelming life situations with folks. But, but principally, it's very simple. God has a plan for you. God loves you. God created you. And if you'll align to that, you find that new purpose, that new identity, that new creation, and you're able to move forward in a meaningful Amen. way. And so we've seen that happen again and again and again. Hey folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of this great interview with Jeremy Stalnecker. He's the chief executive officer and co-founder of the Mighty Oaks Foundation. And Jeremy has been sharing with you know with us the, the concept and mission of the Mighty Oaks Foundation. And and folks, this is a very very needful system that can benefit a lot of people today. Our veterans have given so much, some more than others for sure, but this program is designed to give back, amen, to help men and women who have suffered because of their service. It can and does save lives, saves families, and makes a difference for those who are involved. Please consider supporting the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Get in touch with them. Get in touch with Jeremy Stallnecker. Just drop down to the links below and click it there and, and get in touch with this organization. And be sure to come back for part two of this great interview in the next episode. Until then, this is Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do.
Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.